Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. How many times am I going to call this the Falcon and the Snowman? I don't know, but uh, place your bets now. Yes. Today we are reviewing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one. So this will be kind of like what we did with WandaVision with those first three episodes where we're kind of giving you our first impressions on the series. Uh, If we're vibing with it, what we felt about that first episode, we're not going to put like a numbered score at the end because again, this is part one of six, much like we only saw the first you know, third of uh, of WandaVision when we first saw those first three episodes. So uh, still a lot to come, but Eric and I have watched that first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second Disney Plus series, which will be uh, coming out this Friday, uh, March the 19th, 19th on Disney Plus. Uh, so uh, Eric, we're in the era of constant Marvel studio stuff after a year of not getting anything. Uh, my cat, Georgie, no, Georgie down. <laughs> Sorry. Matt has I, a new cat named Georgie. Who's very affectionate the, and wants all of his attention as, even as thing, we record. The one thing we're used to Eric's dogs barking. Yeah. Um, the one thing I don't want her to fall is my like heavy ass, uh, metal framed Pulp Fiction poster. Right. Because if that falls on her, it would actually hurt her. Where anything else in this room, it would be fine. And of course, she's climbing all over the couch and, and doing that stuff. Hi. Yeah. The most affectionate cat I've ever seen in my entire life. All she wants is just to be pet and like sit on your chest or rub her face all over your face. And I'm like kind of allergic to cats, but like, I've noticed getting her this last week that I'm not too, too bad. So it's been well, okay. She's, a, but... she's an indoor cat, right? Or she, yeah. she it's, I, I find like um, if they're, if they're indoor and outdoor, um, if they go in and out, that's where the problems come in because I'm also deathly allergic to cats. So like, I've, but I found it's even worse if they are cats that go outside. Yeah, and you were like, you just take an allergy pill before you. Yeah, an anti. Well, I take an antihistamine. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's much needed. But I also do, like, anytime I go into somebody's house that I know has a cat, um, I also bring a, a a puffer with me as well, just in case because it does um, flare up my asthma. It's again, like, you kind of grow out of like when you're a kid. Sometimes you're lucky enough to grow out of it, uh, asthma wise. Um, but when I have either allergic reactions or uh, sinus issues, it always flares up and, and the breathing is always the first sort of sign when it comes to, you know, uh, inhaling and, and just trying to like, yeah. breathe. But we're not talking about, you no. know, being allergic <clears throat> to cats. Are we you, can. We, I mean, Tom Hooper's cats we've already reviewed. Is there any MCU cats that are, are worth I mentioning? mean, Goose. Goose. That's right. true. Goose. Right, Amazing. right. The reason Nick Fury doesn't have one of his eyes. Um, This cat will not uh, barf up the Tesseract. Hopefully we'll see. But yes, we are in the the face. I hope not. She hasn't scratched at all. I could talk about this cat forever. She's she's a sweetheart. Um, Anyways, what I was saying, constant MCU. We only had a week break or kind of a two week break uh, in the lead up to Falcon and Winter Soldier after the end of WandaVision, uh, which we both really, really loved. Probably one of our favorite um, MCU entries. Um, So, Eric, uh, we can get right into it. So, yeah, we're going to cover the first episode. No spoilers. Don't worry. We're not going to give away any big reveals or anything like that. Um, Just kind of our first impressions of what we thought. Um, A much different series than WandaVision, uh, maybe more 
classic quote unquote MCU, but I have uh, some comments on that as well. But uh, Eric, I haven't really talked to you at all about it other than uh, b- the opening villain. I almost spoiled it, but I think some people kind of know he's in the series. But um, what did you think of the episode? Um, you know, I'm 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 mixed positive, Matt. I would I would say that where, like you mentioned, you know, this is maybe more familiar territory for the MCU with you know the the action spectacle, the the set pieces that we do get uh, one big one um, to begin with, and and you know it kind of reminds you of you know, all the money that goes into this and all the blue screen and all the effects. But there's some moments within that action set piece that are fun though as well. Um, but also I could see people, you know, like having been really kind of high on WandaVision and, and uh, you know, applauding it for doing something a little bit different or going sort of outside the the traditional um, sort of format of it being like, okay, this is Marvel back on its BS, the way that we always say that DC is back on its BS. Um, But within the episode, there are some really nice character beats that I think help define not only the two leads, but the supporting cast uh, around both uh, Sam and Bucky. And I think that those are the moments that are the most interesting, whether they're dealing with um, you know, capitalism and the bank, uh, specifically with Sam and his sister, uh, Sarah, pay, played by uh, uh, Adepro uh, Aduya from uh, D. Reese's Pariah, which is an amazing movie. Just got a Criterion announcement uh, that's going to be uh, released on Blu-ray in June, uh, which is really exciting. Um, and then um, sort of Bucky dealing with you know his past PTSD. sins and yeah. and sort of trying to make amends for for the things that he's done and i think those are the moments that again are very obvious in like in terms of character building and creating arcs but they work within the realm of the MCU and i think they're actually much more subtle than like say again going back to D- dc for a second than joker where like there are little moments of existentialism and depression and not feeling worthy or up to sort of being something that somebody else thinks you are. And what I'm saying here with that is that this is not really a spoiler, but you know, Sam doesn't feel he's worthy of carrying of being the, an Avenger of, of being or, Avenger or, like or carrying a, the mantle of Steve of a Rogers, hero. Right? Oh yeah. And, 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 and it's specifically feels, Captain America. Yeah. The yeah. shield. And it feels very much like in, in thematic terms, very much connected to the way that Thor maybe feels a little bit in Endgame when he gets um, his hammer back and it's almost like dealing with depression and whether or not you feel worthy of that. Sam almost has this kind of like imposter syndrome or is dealing with imposter yeah, syndrome exactly. where yeah. he's kind of thinking like, you know, am I really worthy to, to don, you know, Cap's shield and his his mantle and, and sort of what he represents and, yeah. and him as a person? And then Bucky you know, is one of these people that is completely isolated and doesn't want to get close to anybody and feels that he's unworthy of, of enjoying his life in any capacity whatsoever because of the things that he's done in the past. So I think those are the moments that are the strongest. I think some of the action is good if a little numbing at times. And then on top of that, I do feel like some of the military stuff in general with the Marvel movies, isn't really my sort of yeah, bag and, and, and yeah. there's and there's also again like they're 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 basically sowing the seeds of sort of you know a civil unrest but internationally and sort With this of- group called the flag smashers which are like this kind of you know online political like it's playing into the themes of today but placing them in if 
you know, in the MCU post blip, uh, five years, you know, removed of everyone disappearing and then returning. And I, I kind of completely agree with you, Eric. I think I may be more, you know, obviously being the MCU fanboy, I was just like all in by the end of the episode. But like, what I really love about this TV format is a lot of the things that you're saying, like we're able and stuff that I said about WandaVision, I think I might have said on the most recent episode of Cinema Scene, um, which you guys can check out right now on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene. Shameless plug. Where I where I discussed that like what the MCU is doing on Disney Plus feels very much to me like you know a, a restart and kind of a refresh in the sense of what Iron Man one did for a you know B tier character in Marvel and kind of launched him into the spotlight and made it this cultural phenomenon and started the MCU. I feel like the Disney Plus series are doing a really good job taking these B B or previously C tier characters in my opinion and kind of launching them up into the upper stratosphere and making you care about them because like um Sam and and Falcon was a character that I just like never really cared about in the MCU. I felt Falcon was kind of goofy, his costume was dumb. I'm just like I I just didn't like the character all that much. He was I an appendage to yeah. Steve Rogers, right? And and I just never like I just felt yes, it was Steve Rogers movies and it, it was just okay, Sam is there. Yeah, he if needed to be the new Bucky, right? The new sidekick yeah, character. Exactly. And then um for Bucky, I think, you know, obviously he had a huge spotlight on him in the second movie being the main villain and then being a big part of Civil War as well, which is obviously Civil War and Winter Soldier are gonna play a lot into, you know, just the cat movies in general are going to play into this. But like taking these two characters that, you know, we got to know through a little bit in the movies, some of their backstory, um, probably more on Bucky's side than Sam's side, which is why I think you spend a little bit more time with Sam and his family and stuff in this episode. But like the TV format and being able to do this over six hours has really impressed me in the sense that you can, you know, have time to actually get to know these characters and get to know Wanda's grief and WandaVision and what makes her what was making her do the things that she was doing in that series and in this like we got to know more about probably sam and bucky in this 45 minutes than we have over the rest of the movies and i really like those kind of quieter character moments that i think we'll get throughout this series and they are more drama focused and the action feels like it's taking a backseat a little bit because they have time to spread it all out and kind of go more in depth in the characters. And that's kind of it's really intriguing to me as an MCU, you know, fan and fanboy is like, what is that world like post blip, right? Like that's such an insane thing to happen, which is five years ago, people vanished five years later, they all come back. And I just, that is so interesting to me to spend time in that world and see how, you know, that, kind of fleshes out and i think they're doing a really great job in these series wandavision was contained you know in the city and this feels but more it's still dealt with that because it was yeah. about this person having I mean, the to monica rambo is great right yeah and the all monica rambo stuff i think deals with that really really well so in this you get to kind of see it from sam and bucky's perspective but it's also more globe trotting and you're you're able to see in multiple points in washington in in overseas louisiana like, uh, louisiana and just how the regular people are dealing with it but then also how these quote-unquote heroes are dealing with it right like sam and the Bucky, heroes that disappeared yes exactly and came back and saved the world so they're heroes but they were gone for those five years and they don't know what it was like uh during that time and then i i love 
getting into that and and it being a little bit quieter and focusing on those more dramatic beats and like getting to really know what you know what Sam's dealing with with his family and just like you mentioned like yeah the cap giving him that shield but him never feeling like it was really his it's just this steve rogers is captain america to him right like it's he doesn't feel like he necessarily should be this so he gives not spoiling anything but he gives he he's just like this is yours put it in the smithsonian it's not mine i'm not captain america kind of thing and i think the way that the show it seems like it's leaning towards dealing with that i think is also interesting maybe touching on like you know racism in the united states too and how um you know uh again as you see as this episode goes on and it leaves you on a cliffhanger that is like what the U.S. kind of proposes of what the next step in for superheroes in the United States and kind of stuff like or that. Or what I the think symbol even, of representation yeah, is exactly. for America. So they convince, you know, uh, Sam to give this shield back, but then they come out with this big thing. And like, it, it, I think it's going to be really interesting touching on some of that stuff. And I hope they go, you know, deeper into that of him as a black man in America. And, and maybe he has, you know, imposter syndrome and things like that, but then not to be validated and, and what they put out there for that, I think is really kind of interesting. And I hope they go a lot deeper in that. And then on the Bucky side, I think like we knew his past is winter soldier, obviously him killing Tony Stark's parents was a huge thing in civil war. And like, but we haven't seen, you know, there was a big gap of time, 70 years where he was brainwashed by Hydra and kept being unfrozen, brainwashed, and being an assassin, right? So we're starting to kind of see some of that backstory and how, you know, he has this checklist of people he needs to make amends with of all the horrible things that he did over this time that he wasn't necessarily in control of. And I think the way that they even play with that, um, I think is really interesting as well. And And I don't know, I was really impressed with just how much we were able to kind of... Um, understand about these characters more than you know the 10 years of movies we've gotten before just in this 45 minutes and i i think that's what excites me the most about these disney plus shows is like we have a lot more time to sit down and actually get to know these characters that we didn't necessarily sure they had their fans i think a lot of people love bucky and a lot of people love sam but for people like me who were just like oh they were kind of side characters like to launch them into the spotlight with these and then actually make me give a shit about them, I think is really impressive. And um, as for the action sequences, I think it starts really, really cool with that like flight suit sequence. And um, you can tell like it was shot practically up until a moment. And even Nevis kind of cracked a joke and she was like, Oh, that's where they cut to make it fully CG. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> when they're flying through the fucking grand Canyon or wherever they're at, uh, not, it's not in the U S but, um, this Tanzania, big it's in Tanzania airspace yeah, yeah. because there's even a funny joke about it. It's like, he can't catch us. If we, if we, if we get into the border, there's a line about yeah. that and, uh, <laughs> yeah. into Libya. Um, but yeah, it's in, in Tanzania. I like the flight suit sequence. Um, I think like it gets a little, you know, obviously, uh, but I like the choreography with Falcon. Like, I think it's the coolest he's probably looked in one of these sequences. It reminded and, like, me a little bit of Iron Man three. Um, yeah, the, the, the that sequence sort is of better that, though. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. But, but it also, I think is a better set piece than say the third Transformers movie, which does something similar. Suits, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like those flight suits. I just, there's something about those suits. Like the flying and, squirrel kind of. Yeah. Look. That I just yeah. really kind of dig in general. Um, but I, I do agree with, with Nevis in the sense it's like the CG kind of hinders that a little bit when they get to 
that certain point. Um, but I, but again, like I do like what you're talking about with like the, the blip and, and it's, 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 it's an obvious sort of analogy, but like the idea of, you know, a, a dividing nation, um, you know, like very much in a post-Trump uh, America yeah. now where you have people that are pro blip that are almost going to be almost like, I guess, Thanos-esque followers and they need yeah. somebody to kind of be the spokesperson for that. And I'm, I'm assuming that Daniel Bruhl will probably play into that and sort of be the guy that kind of picks up the mantle and feeds the, the, the flame. Um, and then you have people on the other end where, you know, they, they want to go back to, uh, a, a regular life, but they're having a hard time, whether it be, you know, integrating back into society or struggling to secure, you know, a bank loan from, uh, a, a, you know, corporate America. And it's, it's much an anti-corporate capitalism sort of sentiment and, and, and statement than, than anything and, else. And I like that it's, it's, it's like even a superhero struggles with that because yeah, there are the Iron Man of the world that have the wealth and things like that. But then there are the, the Sams and the Peter Parkers that just, you know, do the job and don't really expect anything. Right. But when it comes to them, you know, expecting anything or getting anything back, they, they, they hope for, you know, some goodwill and maybe that's idealistic, but you know, like you would hope that like, you know, America or, or or the country that have your back. Yeah. Yeah. After what you gave for the country. Right. And like, I think ironically it does such a better job than the Russo brothers cherry of like, of, of even touching on that stuff in a fictional MCU after a lot of what they created in the Captain America movies and the Avengers movies, ironically, you have people building off that and doing what they tried to do in Cherry better in five minutes in in this than the entirety of of Cherry. I felt like, ironically, again with Spider Man. There's no POV cavity shot. I'll I'll say that in 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 Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier. But I will say this: that though. is a good segue. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The one thing I do not like about this this show extreme close ups extreme close ups <laughs> especially during a therapy session I feel like yeah. it's a little over stylized say that I love it I'm all I hate it, it I hate it I, hate I, it so I knew much. right when I saw it and the second time I watched it with Nevis I noticed it even more obviously but even when I was watching it the first time I went here two things about this I like it just because it feels different than you know the cinematography that we've gotten in you know other marvel stuff so even if it's like you know a little bit much being like seeing a corner of their fucking face and like it's an extreme close-up or like a low angle shot of like from you know uh you know sam driving a car into louisiana like but i like all that stuff because it just gives it a different feel than all because i think one of the other complaints that we have is like a lot of the marvel stuff looks all the same right so like so to me when something at, le- at least it's different to me and i kind of liked some of it more than others like i i dug the cinematography for being different and you can tell like uh kari skogland is uh, yeah is the director's Who's name he's the director like, of of the episodes she's also done stuff for the rook handsmaid's Handmaid's tale, tale yeah the loudest voice in the room things like yeah. that and then so Malcolm i just Spell, uh, Spell, uh spellman is, is the showrunner we should just mention showrunner that. yes um and i just liked like even the shot in the bank during the winter soldier sequence like the low angle shot with almost like the steven soderbergh yellowish kind of uh cinematography to it i just like i don't know i just felt like okay this looks different and i'm i i I vibed with it and like i because i'm like looking and i go okay i know you just hate 
Dutch angles and extreme close-ups. I, I don't know you hate, hate Dutch angles. It's it's like a close-up when it's overused. When, yes, it needs to be used for a purpose. It's not just for style over substance. And I feel well, I can take style in a Marvel thing. I'm like style over substance. That's fine for and me. And you see, so. that's the that's the thing that drove me nuts with this episode. And I'm sure there will be more of it throughout the the next five episodes. Um, where like it feels like you don't you don't need to do that much with this. You don't need to overdo <laughs> yeah. it. It's like you know taking a recipe and taking something that it, you know it, it perfectly is good for what it is, and then you overdo it. You overdo it with the spices. You See, overdo I'm, it with I, the okay. flair. There's just too much. I want of it, it to look different. So I disagree with you there. Where I, um, wholeheartedly, I liked the look of it because of that. Well, that's stuff, good that we I'm disagree like, on something. I yeah, think that yeah, that's yeah. it makes for a good conversation because, like, again, that stuff just drives me nuts. Like it almost I knew, becomes right when I a saw parody. It, I knew it. I knew right when I was watching it, Eric, that I knew you were going to bring it up because I was about to bring it up right before you did. And I knew we were going to kind of uh, butt heads on that just because like, I don't know. Again, I go back to <clears throat> I don't mind the close ups. I feel like when the episode is focusing so much on those two characters and the emotions in those in their backstories and, and how they're dealing with things that like I kind of dug. It just felt weird to me that. I w- this was in a Marvel Studios kind of thing. And I do hope we get more to that. And it goes back to our conversation we keep bringing up is like, even if you didn't like it, I can almost be okay with like, at least they allowed them to do that. And they didn't just go, okay, make it look like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, or make it look like Endgame, or make it look like, you know, the plethora of other Marvel things. Like, to then that gives me hope that when we do see Chloe Zhao's um eternals that it will look like nomadland <laughs> right. i'll be like and i'll be like if they let her you know be her and just like they are kind of again gives me a little bit of hope when they hire these you know filmmakers and, and television directors to do these things that they kind of give them a little bit of free reign of how they want to shoot them even if it's not something that they've really done before or feels weirdly out of place or too much or trying too hard in a Marvel series. Cause I'd rather you do something that we haven't seen before and it doesn't necessarily land rather than it just kind of look like everything else we've seen. So that's kind of why I've ended up vibing with it and the close-ups and the Dutch angles and the, and, and the overly stylized kind of cinematography at times just didn't really bother me for that reason. And I actually kind of liked it. And even on second watch, I'm like, I just like that this looks different and it's um, not necessarily unique. We've seen it time and time again in, in multiple different movies, but it just felt like it had a little bit of a different vibe, a more dramatic vibe to it. And obviously there are jokes throughout the the thing. And, and we never see the two characters kind of, I like that they kind of keep them separate in this first episode. Like they don't just immediately, drop you in and they're on a mission together or something like that yeah because their connection was steve they that it's like steve is the friend that that kept them sort of together and they weren't really you know friends even though they became allies and and you know i think sam makes more of an effort to sort of keep in touch with bucky than bucky does with sam um but i yeah i like that idea that again like you know you have a friend that kind of brings somebody else to the table and once they're gone like you know the the, the other two people aren't necessarily going to you know continue a, a, a friendship as strong you know like i think that that's kind of interesting yeah i totally agree with that and um a couple other things uh that i wanted to touch on um i don't want to spoil anything but like if you were looking for a cameo in wandavision we get one right away in this show that i wasn't 
expecting. <laughs> I was just like, and it's nothing really big or anything. It's pretty minor. Um, but it's also one that but, you kind of would expect to yeah. pop up at this person. It does would make pop sense. At, yes. point. Yeah. at this thing. And I was just caught off guard right away of going, oh shit. Okay. Again, great world building. You're, you're keeping these things and making them serious and, and part of this universe. And uh, obviously we already know that with WandaVision, but we didn't know leading into these Disney plus series, how they would go. Um, so I really liked that. And then I really love the very end, finally getting to see a character that uh, I've wanted to kind of see for a little while that I know is being teased for this series, which also disturbed and, me a little yeah, bit, not just because <laughs> totally. of what it represents, but also because of how the character looks, because yeah. usually this person has a little bit of scruff and is a little like it's just so seeing him totally clean shaven is just uh, unsettling and it kind of to me it adds to it and maybe you don't know that actor that well like if you're just a casual you know movie goer or whatever um but and i don't want to give it away because i feel like if you've been paying attention to the casting and 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 the you'll you'll kind of know you'll kind of know but i and i kind of touched on it based on what i hope the series goes a bit deeper into but yeah i agree with you that it is just so unsettling just because it's that person and um just the way his face looks in that getup is kind of like oh i can't wait to see where and that's what left and then he also looks like somebody else that we really do love and like it's just that's even weirder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no totally who's also been in yeah um anyways uh i'm very intrigued by the end of it i like i think it ends on a very interesting note um and then to see like we don't i don't it's not spoiling anything to say that daniel Bruhl's not in this episode so they don't really they start to tease and, and eric mentioned that obviously it looks like he will be the you know the spearhead with the flag smashers or something like that or maybe he gets intertwined with them but um yeah, that's obviously what this series will be about. And I'm excited to see Zemo and his purple mask. I'm excited to kind of see these two characters come together. And, and I did like that first action sequence. I don't think like the movie, they are movie quality action sequences to me, both in, you know, the final act of WandaVision and now in the opening act of Falcon and the winter soldier. And I like the winter soldier scene, I think <clears throat> even more. Cause like, um, Again, we've got to see a little bit of his history with Hydra and and um and things like that. But I kind of just if we get more of that, um, whether they're keeping night recurring nightmares that he's having, or maybe it just is going to be this one. Um, I just kind of like seeing more of what he was up to while Steve was on ice, right? Like it's kind of we got a little bit of that, and then we just know, okay, he's a brainwashed bad guy, and that was pretty much it, right? But him dealing with, with the- great hair. Oh yeah, great hair. Um, what did Nevis compare him to? I forget what it was, but it was funny. Um, He's almost anyways, like Fabio. <laughs> a little bit. Hair. Uh, my my hair is gonna get that long soon. Anyways, I really dug it. Uh, I'm intrigued. I understand where you're coming from with the mixed positive. Like, I don't think that there's enough in this episode to really, you know, say is this going to be great or not, or is it just going to be like a solid, you know mcu entry like it does yeah, feel and, and more... give some character building to to those sea level and characters i'm okay that with that need. right yeah yeah and, and i'm okay with that so if that's what we get out of it that feels a more if this feels like captain america the winter soldier with a bit more you know character development then like i'm kind of okay with that but like re-watching and then final my final thoughts i just i'm on infinity war in my mcu rewatch, right so i just finished civil war which i think was a perfect lead into this series and i just i really i know you're not a huge fan of civil war eric but the more i watch that movie i just i don't know the avengers level movies with all the characters in them i felt like i've gotten better and better 
for me over the years, just because like, I guess all it, it's the culmination of all this world building and all these different movies that it's like hard not to just love when they all come together. And I just love <clears throat> Daniel Bruhl's villain throughout it. And like, uh, I, so I, that's why I'm all in on being very intrigued of where they're going next and seeing more of Daniel Bruhl and seeing more of that character that we get teased in the final shot of this episode. Cause like, that's the stuff we haven't really seen much of at all and i know the character that he's playing and like it could go either way and i'm very intrigued to see how that all plays out so um i'm all in um and i i can't wait to watch more and i wish they gave us more episodes already but now we gotta wait another week right and you know what i'm i'm excited to continue as well i mean i think at this point as long as you've seen all the Marvel, you know, movies and, and now shows, you're in, too deep. <laughs> you're in too deep, you can't escape it, you know, but some will be better than others. And, you know, this is only one episode and it's hard to kind of give your overall thoughts on, you know, a piece based on, you know, just, just one section of it. Um, but I will say that those first three episodes of WandaVision really had me I- intrigued, even though they weren't yeah. Lynchian. This... <laughs> is kind of like okay this is this is what i was expecting from a marvel series and again like wandavision does in a way feel like a one off where this kind of feels like you could continue this as a series an ongoing spy series yeah like you could come yeah. back to this every couple of years like do like seasons 1 through 5 or something like this like and and you don't necessarily have to have you know th- the supporting cast all the time. You just need to have the, the two titular characters, right? Like mm-hmm. you can sort of take on a new mission or something like that, or sort of create a storyline around that. But again, I think the best moments are the more dramatic, somber beats that this episode does take the time to really flesh out and ground the characters in a somewhat real setting and give them um, more relatable and sincere, uh, obstacles to pass, and uh, and I think that that's what makes this episode kind of at least worth investing time in because those moments I I think are what are are interesting just in general in the MCU when they do stuff like that, and that's why you know again I think like something like you know in in the DC side of things like Joker was what it was because it was actually trying you know you can argue that it failed and and that's fair but it was trying to get at a, a subject that is very relatable and that is a stigma and, and and mental illness being one. And, you know, this is dealing with imposter syndrome and depression and uh, PTSD and sort of finding a redemption within that. And those things are very classic thematic storylines and story arcs that are appealing to a, a very wide audience. And again, you know, not having a gimmick, like WandaVision, this is more kind of like just like an action, you know, buddy comedy um, sort of set piece sort of situation where like you could compare it to like the lethal weapons of the world and things like that. So, yeah. you know, it's it's more familiar ground even outside of the MCU, which kind of will hook more people, I think, in than even WandaVision. Yeah, I agree. So um, I'm definitely intrigued. I love the... F- 
you know, it's almost like a Saturday morning cartoon for me now, but as a, as a, with my big boy pants on is like Friday mornings is like getting up and watching uh, an MCU show. It's quite exciting. And like, I'm, uh, yeah, I think we'll get more traditional stuff like this and then it'll alternate between weirder stuff. And I hope Loki goes into the weirder stuff. What if will be weird as well, but then you'll get, you know, Ms. Marvel and, and, and uh, Hawkeye, which will probably be a bit more traditional as well i I mean who knows with miss marvel but then something weird like she hulk being a half hour you know courtroom comedy or whatever that they're well i want to mention this with she hulk because i think this would be funny uh i was talking to my brother kyle about it and he brought this up um it would be very interesting to see if uh the town of uh westview uh goes in for a civil suit against, yeah, against uh, Wanda. Wanda. <laughs> and that because I could see them bringing that up in in She-Hulk the series. I could and bring a lot of the secondary characters that were played like the dude with the mustache David and, like, Lindell, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. Who I looks like David really Swimmer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll give our uh, you know impressions of Falcon and the Winter Soldier throughout um, its run, probably over on um, the Untitled Movie Podcast, which you guys should definitely go subscribe to. Uh, we just put up our Oscar nominee analysis episode, our 86th draft, which you guys can go check out right now. Uh, we're in the midst of the South by Southwest Film Festival, hopefully. Not Are we? <laughs> Um, so go please check out all of our uh, South by Southwest reviews right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. And then on Friday, the 19th, um, we will have a review of the first three episodes of the Amazon original series Invincible as well. So a lot of superhero con- uh, content this week. We also have our uh, hour-long review of the Snyder Cut, which you guys can check out uh, right now on Untitled Movie Reviews. So lots of superhero uh, hashtag content right here on the Untitled Movie Podcasts. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck and also follow the Untitled Movie Podcast at Untitled underscore cast. And please drop us a review on your podcast service of choice if you would be so kind. And I'm Eric Martian. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. And I'm on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Falcon Punch!